I got up kind of early today and I decided just to kill some time to just record the episode myself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking that, like, I'll play it and you can just, like, add little things. Yeah, I'll do the ad yeah. libs. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. oh, good observation, Dylan. Just, like, stuff like that. Why don't we just record that and then you can just use that for your future episodes? <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. Just little snippets of you talking. People start meshing in, being like, "It seems like he's just saying the same thing all the time. What's going on? Is he is he okay?" <laughs> Guys, welcome to Dylan Sebastian Have a Simpsons podcast, a podcast myself and Sebastian here do to relive our childhood traumas. Deep, deep, yeah, deep. Yeah, I think it's true. <laughs> Today we are covering uh, Top Goon, the eleventh episode of the thirty fourth season, and. Are we going to just jump right into it? We are, yeah. And, that, and I'm, I was happy, like, when this episode started, because it was like, yes, a Mo episode. Immediately, yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. It didn't even tr- try to pretend to be a Simpsons episode. Yeah, the opening is literally like a glomer version of the classic Simpsons opening, but it just goes, Mo says like. And it's just Mo brushing outside the bear. A King Tooth comes along, the, the music store owner, with a leaf blower and starts blowing trash at him. Uh, immediately was a light to see King Toot again we'd seen him like two or three times before mm. uh, brilliantly voiced by Will Forte a fantastic comedic actor who used to be on SNL he was on a great show called Last Man on Earth which is on Disney Plus I'd highly recommend it I love Will Forte and he just plays the asshole character so well here <laughs> Mo is like you're disturbing the customers and Barney just grabs a rat and he's asleep he, on uh, outside Mo's he grabs a rat he wakes up grabs a rat and just goes start the meeting without me he didn't realize that he actually uh, King Two realized he accidentally had it set on show off mode, and brags about the trophy he has hung up in the shop for the, his hockey team that he funds and coaches. He's like, "I'm a winner, FYI." He then blows the leaf blower at him again, and Mo's like, "Ah, my black market hearing implants!" And he blares the trophy at him. He starts shining on his face like, "Ah, my black market latex!" He's like, this is why Gail left you. Like, whoa, no one knows why Gail left me. Not me or my more attractive brother. <laughs> he then leaves Mo to stew on his on on his own failures, and Mo's like, no, stew, no stew. Oh, hey, stew. And Disco shoe passes through. It's like I'm not going to stew on any of my failures. Oh, yeah, we we've seen we've seen him since then. Oh. I, I I think it's been made pretty clear since. The series Flanders of that show wasn't yeah, canon. It was thought, almost like a Trials of Horror. I thought that that bit was for real, though. What do you mean? Oh, oh as in like, the characters dying. No, I, I think we've seen Stu at least once before this. There's okay. also an episode coming up that there is Texan is in, who also dies in series Flanders. Okay. So, yeah, it, it, it definitely was like a Trials of Horror. Like, it didn't count. But yeah, he starts stewing on all of his past failures. He's, he's in the bar thinking about how he has no money, no education. His bed is made up of flyers that he's supposed to send out. His only He only has one light bulb that he takes from room to room. And my favorite one, every sex cult he joins turns into a suicide cult. <laughs> it's so good. And while he's feeling sorry for himself, we see it panning from Valentine's Day to St. Patty's Day to the 4th of July, to Halloween. I loved all the guys, the costumes for Halloween. Barney was dressed as Wario. Carol was dressed as a purple Spider-Man. Homer is George Washington, and Lenny is a Squid Game character. Lenny says that he's been dwelling on his failures for 10 months now. And Mo's like, why didn't you stop me? We didn't want to have to touch your shoulder. And they all start shuddering. We then cut to Homer arriving home with Lisa, who's won a participant trophy at the end of soccer season. She's like, it wasn't easy, but I did the bare minimum. Homer is delighted to begin sitting season, but Marge says he has to take back to his junior hockey games. Like, but I thought kids' sport was over. And she's like, it's good bonding. No, it's me driving while Bart looks at his phone. Then it's Bart playing while I look at my phone. Then me driving home while we both look at our phones. That's what kids' sports is. Can I have some money to bet on the games? They cut to the Springfield ice rink where boredom goes counterclockwise. Loads of great signs throughout this episode that I'll get to. But we see that Mo has started the Bear Flyers team and tells them that they're all here to fix his emotional problems. It's just like a silence in his millhouse. Yeah! <laughs> he then asks them to repeat the drill and Milhouse just goes through it being like, uh, we all suck except for Bart, so pass the puck over to Bart and shut your mouth, you stupid pucks. Like, great work, kid who ain't bot. 
We see King Toot holding the trophy from before and he hangs a sash over it saying best trophy. He gets one of his players to take out Bart and allows Mo to get his toughest player to take out one of his teammates. We just see a really like, young toddler who brilliantly voiced by Dankus Leonard just going like, Let me in coach, I'll rip him limb from limb! He's like struggling to jump over to the barrier. Uh, Toots team then scores a goal and we just see Ralph as the goalkeeper for Mo's team. He's like, the nest ate my hockey pucky. I mean, there wasn't going to be any other character, was there? <laughs> to be the goalkeeper. No, it's so perfect, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the worst person to be a goalkeeper. Like, somewhere you really need to be focused and, like, watching out for your eye and just <laughs> completely inept. We didn't cut to, obviously, King Toots team is one. We see Mo feeling sorry for himself on the bus ride home. And he sees... Uh, uh, Nelson pushing Martin to the wall and Martin's like <laughs> he sees Mo he's like finally an adult to rescue me he's like oh no no I'm just observing he asks Nelson if he'd like to play hockey stupid but great line just ha ha hockey <laughs> he says that he'd be the goon he's like oh goon neat word what it mean he says it'd be his job to turn whatever player is distracting their top player into mustard he says he doesn't play for any teams and he just eats some of Martin's lunch. <laughs> Martin's like, oh, my brokey, but my mother only makes it once a week. And Nelson's like, I gotta take care of this. He's like, no, no, I understand. Here's a schedule if you change your mind. Maybe both of us will get to feel like winners. And he starts looking at the schedule like while still punching Martin. We then cut to another game. We said they're playing against the sea captain's team called the Ice Lubbers. We see he's spying on the goals with, uh, with binoculars. And he's like, full steam ahead, lads. Damn their neutral zone. We didn't cut to Homer moaning that another weekend has been ruined for him by kids' sports. How come this is the only league without a labour dispute? Unionize cowards! <laughs> kind of like coincidental, but uh, uh, interesting time just because the, the, there's currently a writer's strike happening in, in oh, Hollywood really? and New York. Yeah, do you know about uh, this? No. I mean, obviously, this episode would have came out months before this, but just ha- that, that, that reference just reminded me of it a like, lot because they're, they're obviously one of the people who are on strike right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading up about it. And um, basically, so would, if you're a writer on a TV show on a network like Fox or NBC or ABC or whatever, yeah. you get residuals, which makes sense. Uh, streaming services don't give the writers residuals. Okay. So they're so currently... it's just a one-off payment. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically, you do like, let's say maybe two months work and you get paid those two months and that's it. Mm. So they're currently on strike trying to get residuals for streaming services. Now, people like The Simpsons writers and stuff are fine, but they're on strike as well just to support other writers. Yeah. It's very interesting. I never knew that. Uh, so it's looking like it's going to happen for a while. And like, you know, all the respect and support to the writers. And as a aspiring writer myself, I find it really inspiring. And, you know, I, I, I hope they don't settle for less. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope they get what they're looking for here. But at the moment, like the likes of Netflix, Amazon Prime and stuff are not budging. But, you know, just keep fighting, you know. Yeah. They, I just... Because the, the problem is, like, if you're uh, a big writer, mm. you get big payment. Yeah. You're obviously going to have bigger things to pay for mm-hmm. of course so yeah if you're out of work for ages and you're not getting any money yeah yeah you're kind uh, of fucked all of the other things stumble i wouldn't say that's the reason to support it no, no. <laughs> let the rich be rich <laughs> <laughs> there's probably you know smaller writers exactly, too yeah. who are just starting to get little gigs and like like let's say if you were if you were one episode of big mouth and that's the only like big thing you've done is sort of stuff like that you know people send out spec scripts and they can get it picked up that doesn't mean that's only an example. I I I know this happened, but if that if this person only wrote one episode of Big Mouth, they just got that one off payment. And that's it. And this episode is continuing to be watched by people, and they're the big responsibility of why that episode yeah. worked or if it didn't, and they're not getting you know the rewards for that. So Actors get it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Creators sometimes creators create the show and fuck off for the rest mm-hmm. of look at Matt Groening. You know yeah. you know what I mean. So of course the writers should just they're the the. The life and soul of every project of, of of a movie or a TV show of anything. So, yeah, I just I, I feel I need to bring it up is because that this quote kind of um, reminded me of it. Just yeah, just support your writers and and don't stop fighting. Yeah, we then cut to Barry. He's again like being trampled by all the other players. He's like I I I can't take it. But Mo says that he'd love children hospitals with all their murals and rainbows everywhere. Bart says there's no use, and every team knows that 
all they need to win is to beat him up. But Mo says, no hero will save them now. And Nelson turns up and he's like, looking for a psycho? He orders him to go out and work his magic. He kicks the players over. He throws one out into the seats. And he puts one's tongue onto a pole. All while letting Bart just play ahead. They, they, they win the game and Mo just goes, my life has meaning. We didn't cut to the referee saying that since Nelson wasn't wearing skates that they have to call off the win. Nelson says that Mo told him he'd be a winner but all he did was make everyone else a loser. Mo says that he has great potential and he he's a real diamond in the urinal. He just needs some training. I love what they were doing here. It was like your typical like sports movie. Of course, yeah. I don't know why they did the Top Gun things. It's nothing like Top Gun. But no, you know, it, was, it, it was like kind of a funny little reference. It was funny, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't like Top Gun. It was like, it was like Mighty Ducks or yeah, that's what I was, you know. that's initially what came into my head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's also about it is about hockey, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was like that, you know, that this great player who's a little bit troubled just needs like a little pick me up. I just thought Mo and Nelson was a great choice as that duo, you know, <laughs> two just such troubled characters who never seen interact before but they did they made so oh, much sense it, as a man. duo yeah, it yeah. So much sense. it was brilliant yeah it's funny it, it just shows what the show can do when they put duos together who we've never seen before and just how they interact with each other and the other way that made sense too because you see mo and nelson it's like homer's friend so much sense though yeah so like mo could be nelson's dad you know? <laughs> you know, yeah literally he could be with his mom and become his stepfather yeah. i would i wouldn't be against that popping up <laughs> that'd be fascinating but yeah, so we talk, we, as I said, the Top Gun references, we cut, we cut to Top Goon Academy. And the sign says, where today's bullies become tomorrow's thugs. He, Nelson says that he won't let Mo down and Mo just tussles his hair. He's like, what was that? Ain't nobody ever done that for you before? He puts his hand back on his head and he's like, keep going. Uh, my arm's getting a little tired here. Like, That's your problem. <laughs> then get introduced to the trainers, America's most uh, feared goons. And these are all real hockey players voicing themselves here. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, I looked this up. I did not know that in advance. Um, it's uh, Dave the Hammer Holtz. Who That's just a nickname. My given name is David the Hammer Schultz. Stu the Grim Reaper Grimson. He's like, I look sane, but I'm not. You'll see. You'll all see. And Tiger Williams, their instructor for basic pummeling. He informs them that all goons must protect their top player, known as their primary. He just goes, who's our top player? Our primary. Who's our primary? Our top player. Who do we protect? No one knows. Nelson just goes, our primary? This kid's good. We didn't get like a classic like sports movie montage. It's like Nelson holding a bag that says primary while fighting off raccoons. We see another sign saying introducing to gouging. It just says traditional method. I, I, groin, I, groin. Modern method. I, groin, I, groin, groin. And the... Uh, Hakasaki Shapiro hypotheses, groin, 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 groin. <laughs> I don't think it was meant to be, but it reminded me of Astara's Burns, man getting hit in, fo in football with groin. That's great. <laughs> the yeah, bow yeah. man, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, we didn't, the, the final of the montage is just him throwing, Nelson throwing a hockey stick at a dartboard, and the Grim Reaper slices it in half, and Nelson just bows to him. We didn't cut to the graduation. Classic montage, just like, you know, fills in all the exposition and boom, he's graduated. We get another great sign just saying, Goon, congratulations, graduates. He then looks around for Mo and he appears just tussling his hair again. He says that he wouldn't miss this for his own mother's funeral. <laughs> I made that choice and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> he says he was late because he couldn't get his maps working since his phone doesn't recognize his face as a face. Yes, Mo, how the trainer knows him. And he says he used to bartend at a penalty box. My tip jar was full of teeth and I even got a guy's whole mouth once. <laughs> the trainer then asks Nelson to recite the goon code. He just goes, I am a goon. I protect my primary. That's pretty much it. He declares him top goon, giving him like a maverick type jacket like the one Tom Cruise yeah. wears. And they slice it in half to make it sleeveless, of course. And you know what? <laughs> it was like at this point in the episode where I was like, I like Nelson. I do. I, I support. I love now. Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I think the show has done a fantastic job because when you look at like, I don't know, maybe the first six, seven seasons, he's literally just a bully, and that's it. He's yeah. he, he's he's a person that we're against because he picks on Barrett. They've done a great job of like showing us why he is this way and making us yeah, like of him. Yeah, you know what I mean? All bullies have a problem in their own life. Yeah, yeah, of and course. For Nelson, obviously, his absent father, mm -hmm. shit mum. So, yeah, 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 exactly. This terrible childhood, uh, raised horribly, all that stuff. And yeah, they, they did a great job of just making us sympathize with this character, and this episode is a solid example. I mean, we've gotten two shining like moments from Nelson this season now, like this episode yeah. and 
when Nelson met Lisa. Like, he might end up being, like, one of the standout characters of the season, I think, you I know? A, I was thinking, like, imagine they did what, like, South Park are doing now, where it's, mm. like, they take their character and put them in, like, a new place. You know how, like, yeah. how, like Eric lives in, in the, a hot uh, dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> character's uh, mom, mom, yeah. Not anymore, spoilers. Um, oh, yeah, true. But I was thinking, would it be cool if, like, I do. I, I know where you're going. Nelson's mum yeah. left him. Mm-hmm. And Mo like, kind of adopts And Nelson. if he starts like, working at Moe's, yeah. that'd be amazing. He like, lives with, with Mo at the, at, on, like, on top of the bar or whatever. Yeah. And, like, he, on the yeah, rooftop. He's always there, like, working. Yeah, maybe Mo and his, his wife-to-be, yeah, uh, Maya. Like a new di- dynamic. They could yeah. adopt him, yeah. yeah. That'd be great. I don't see... Like, they can do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. They can change... Where a character it's, is, and I wouldn't like, care. It's you know? not Evergreen Terrace. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's, it's, it's a less set location. Really have a home that you always think about. Like, yeah, oh, that's his home. It's a good caravan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't care less if, if you know the mom isn't a big character. I'm okay yeah. with not seeing her ever again. You know, if he did with Flanders, his wife actually died. You, know, you, you can do that with um, Nelson. Have I did not think she should die, but her running away makes sense. You know, the dad already did it. If this happens now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we better be I getting residuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We better be getting residuals. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good idea. I, I would love to see that happen. But yeah, he's uh, he's he's a top goon, and uh, he says to Mo, "I did not bad." Hey, you did more than that. You did not horrible. Now come on, I got a graduation present lined up for you. He takes it for a ride in the Duff Blimp, which they let Mo use for free since he buys out the beard that their employees drown in. <laughs> Love that detail, just like the complete lack of morals Mo has, because there's obviously a massive discount on the beer since someone drowned in it, so yeah. that's the beer that he buys. Nelson says that the wads look like ants from here, and Mo gives him pickled eggs to throw at. <laughs> he starts throwing them, Mo goes, well, will you hit the cop's horse? Floor it, Jimmy! <laughs> we didn't cut to Homer and Bart in the car, he's devastated he has to drive 50 miles. I love little side stories. <laughs> Homer's whole side story is just that he hates going to these games and i i sympathize with him <laughs> i'd imagine that being really really fucking boring yeah having a kid who plays football or something having to go to all his games at the weekends when you're off you it's, know it's a pain in the art yeah Obviously, when you're a parent your kid is like your life of course but also you yeah, want some you don't get free time, time. especially because it's you know obviously these games are at the weekends because the parents have to be there so it's like you could get your whole Saturday or whole Sunday just gone because you had to take the kid to soccer, you know? Yeah. But he's devastated to have to drive 50 miles to sit on a seat with no back, freezing his ass off, and have to listen to dads who share way too much about their marriages. We cut to him sitting with Wiggum, and Wiggum's like, So I tell Sarah, day one, I'm a fuck guy. Guess what's the one part of her body she doesn't moisturize? Guess. No, seriously. Guess. Guess. No. We then cut to Nelson immediately attacking a player, going for Barrett. He's like, I protect my primary. What happened here is a result of your actions. The dads all tell Homer what a great player Barrett is. And Kirk goes for a fist bump. He's like, no game. Recognize game, yo. When he starts crying, he's like, you have no idea what it's like to have a kid who's so talented at something you can't put it off. And we can go, so what's your ladies' footwear situation at night? Socks? No socks. <laughs> the, the sensual way he said it was so gross. We did cut to Winner's Pizza, voted Capital City's 8th best pizza. Sinner City little design. I also like the detail that they're in Capital City, which is the same place they moved to in Dancing Homer, way back in Season 2, mm. when he becomes like a, like a mascot for a baseball team. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. really old episode, obviously. That, that's the same place that they moved to in that episode, so I just like the continuity there. Moe says that they'll be playing King Toot's team again next, but he knows they'll win this because of their MVP, their most violent puncher. Barry is then outraged to get no credit since he scored every goal. He texts Mo, great bit. <laughs> Mo just gets a text saying STD on my lip. He just goes, hey, anyone know about this STD on my lip? Come on, where'd I get this STD on my lip? Uh, I'm just gonna forward it to my junk. Classic. I love that they really? like, put some modern spin on it. Yeah, I think it was done really well. It was the same type of joke, but done in a modern way. I, I loved it. Everyone starts laughing, and Nelson tells Bart to have more respect for Mo. And Bart's like, why? His car is a converted washing machine, and his wallet is a rat trap. We then see him handing a woman a tip with his rat trap wallet, and it snaps on him, and he starts screaming. And Bart just goes, he's a total scuzz. And Nelson's like, so am I, and you're not my primary. Moe is, and pushes him to the wall and breaks his arm. 
Dr. Hibbert says that he'll be alright, but his hockey season is over. And Homer then runs off and screams into... He goes into the kitchen of this pizza place and screams into a flattened piece of dough. Runs back out and the chef pops it and just goes, Woohoo! <laughs> so good. Molding questions why he ever believes in Nelson. Tells him that he's a fist and nothing more. Nelson storms off and he's like, Don't look at me, I'm not crying! He puts a hockey, a hockey mask over his face to hide the tears. He then walks away. We see King Toot outside the hockey rink, uh, directing a man, putting up a sign that says King Toot in giant letters. I just feel like hockey team is still a, a smidge too big. Uh, do you have any smaller letters? Nelson then, he, he, he's agreeing with Moe and he says he's just a fist and that he's taking his last stop in hell to where he belongs. And he throws away his jacket. <laughs> I, I, I love that whole because he's like talking to himself. It just made me think, like, we get these, like, exposition scenes in movies a lot. It's like, no one would ever do that in real life. Like, yeah, yeah. saying that to yourself out loud, like, ah, I'm just a fist and nothing more. Like, imagine seeing someone yeah. do that. I know the perfect place to go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with you, man? Yeah. <laughs> he opens the door. We, we can't see what's on the other side. We then cut to Mo heading to Nelson's mom's house. We see that his mom is toasting bread with a light. And she's like, will you hurry it up? I gotta eat this when it's fresh off the zapper. He says he owes Nelson an apology. And she's like, ah, so you're Mo Sisislax, the guy who call he calls his primary. Uh, he was saying it to the night window dog all night. And the dog just starts growling at Mo. He says that he was taking a lonely walk till he reached the fateful decision. It's like, you know, kid stuff. We didn't cut to you. I mean, not surprising. He's with Fat Tony. He tells him that he's just a fist with no code and figured he'd start working here, seeing that he'd, he'd end up here sooner or later anyway. May as well get it over and done with. Fat Tony says that he has a knack for sniffing out good henchmen. He sniffs him. He's like, hmm, I smell repressed rage, followed by childhood trauma with a hint of abandonment issues caused by a male role model. And he's like, I'll smell all you want. It won't fix anything. And then Louis hands him a, a plastic pipe because Tony doesn't think he's ready for the metal pipe yet. We didn't cut to Homer uh, at, at, at home in, in the sitting room. He asks Bart if he can move. And Bart's like, he's in a cast. He's like, a, a little, but it hurts. He's like, oh, no, I mean, can you move off the couch? I'm about to enjoy my first hockey-free weekend in months. <laughs> he turns on the TV. He's like, ooh, hockey. And Mary tells him that he has to drive him. And Homer's like, but the doctor, the doctor says he's not, not allowed to play any sports. So I have to drive him to. He says that he has physical therapy and the only place that will take their insurance is three hours away. It's like if they ask, Bart is a veteran. We then cut to a gala. Fat Tony is greeting uh, Quimby, introducing him to the founder of this vague but tax-exempt charity, his guma. Wigan shakes her hand. He's like, ah, mistresses are the life and blood of this town. Nelson uh, breaks the camera of a, of a paparazzi. And they excuse themselves to the back room. And Quimby's like, ah, God bless back rooms. <laughs> Great little quick bit from Quimby there. We didn't see a man tied up with a bag on his head. And Tony tells Nelson to take him out as he never re repaid his debt. Yeah, and do you know what? Mm. Was, like, at this point in, in the in the episode, I wasn't even, like, finding it funny. I was, like, actually kind of, like... Invested. Taken away by the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair. So you felt the downfall, I think. Yeah, 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 totally. You felt for what Nelson was going through, and like you know, we we knew things were going to work out, but like you're caught up in the mold, and you're like, shit, like is this really where he's meant to just stay? You know, like it, it would make sense for his character. Yeah. If he, you know, if he just went from being a bully to working for the mafia, you know, it seems like an easy transfer. But yeah, uh, Tony hands him a a metal pipe this time. He says he's ready for it. It has like a little ribbon on it. Nelson takes the ribbon off and he's like, this is all I am. And Mo interrupts. He's like, don't do nothing. Don't do something you can't undid. Like, Whoever's in there is a human being and he doesn't deserve this. And we see this King Toon, which is such a great, you know, it's just well done. Like, yeah. because the whole thing the Mo needs to do here is getting to not beat this guy up. It's the one guy that he wouldn't mind seeing get beaten up. It's just so well done. Really good. Yeah. We see this King Toot uh, who owes the Mafia money because he got them to make fake birth certificates for teenagers so they could play in under 10s hockey which again was just a great detail because I, I didn't even make the connection that the kids playing against Bart were clearly older I didn't make the connection but as soon as he said that I was like oh yeah they, they'd already set that up they were clearly a couple of years older yeah, than Bart yeah, like yeah he <laughs> Mo says that no one deserves to be hit with a lead pipe more than him but th this, this move will change him forever even if King 2 does torture him Man, it, it was nice to see this like self-restraint Mode, yeah, I know, like, yeah, so well done. You know, usually someone who just lashes out and has such a bad temper. But then King Toot goes, Yeah, I knew it. I'm in your head, bro. <laughs> he just goes, Feed him his own mustache. No, wait, don't, don't.
doesn't think he's a great kid. Really sweet moment here, actually. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't funny. It was just like harsh and just like well done. He tells him that he's a great kid, that he's selfless, he's a fantastic teammate, and he did for him the one thing that Mo failed to do back. And he's like, You had my back, scuzz to scuzz. And Nelson drops a pipe and Mo tussles his hair. And while all this is happening, we can see Johnny Titus in the background using a salami to wipe his tears. Just <laughs> love that little detail. And as always, they you know, just find great things to do with the mafia. They always find new things. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that could could be so one note and the, the same joke again and again. But they see they clearly just have a love for like these Scorsese Godfather type movies. They always find something for fresh. Sure. You know, we cut to Louis seeing all the sweet moment happening, and he tells Fat Tony that he feels like he only sees him as a knife and nothing more. But he has a dream. He wants to open his his own mac and cheese restaurant called Louis Dewey. <laughs> and then Leg says that he's learning <laughs> it's not even as impressive. He's learning Swedish on a phone, but Fatoni only sees him as a gun. And Fatoni's like, gentlemen, I don't see you as weapons. And we see that he does see them as weapons. He sees Louis as a knife, he sees legs as a gun. And my favorite one, he sees giant tight lips as yeah, an anvil. Random. <laughs> it's like so cartoony. Like he's dropping anvils on people's heads. <laughs> and they all start crying, like hugging each other. And Tony just goes, ah, oh, freaking millennials. We didn't cut to Nelson and Mo walking away. Nelson says a hockey season is over, but maybe this could... They, they could still do stuff together, like, you know, throw rocks at turtles. Nelson's... Or Mo says that whatever they do together, just leave violence out of it. He then throws a rock at King Toots and takes the hockey trophy out. He's like, there you go, you deserve that. And Nelson's like, no, I didn't. And that makes it even sweeter. <laughs> they just walk away and the, a song from Top Gun starts playing, of course. Yeah. We then cut our final tag of the episode. Again, I love this life story. It had no conflict. It was just Homer is miserable, and that's it. Which I like because of you know the the more weightier like main well. story. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice way to balance it out. And I loved that the main story, no family members. Mm-hmm. It was literally just and because they're such you can they're so well established. It didn't matter. Yeah, we love Mo and Nelson. Yeah. You can do that. You know, I I I, I thought it was balanced out nicely, but in a fresh way. Like there, there was these like like when you got to like the montage bit and stuff. There was at least five six minutes where you didn't see a family member. Mm-hmm. I was fine with it. I was fine with just being with Nelson and Mo. You know, how, how would you feel about you keep a doing spin-off this? Mo show? I would have no complaints. Wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. No. No. No complaints. Oh, that'd be they amazing. Do it, but that'd just be so good. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think they would. But I mean, hey, you know. You, you, you can do it. Make it like a Disney Plus exclusive. Maybe only do yeah. six episodes. You can experiment. Season, yeah. yeah, you can do it. I mean, if we, if we would just do an episode of the show to see if it works. You know what I mean? No complaints there. I mean, Mo is one of the most established characters outside the family. Like, we love like Mo. Most people's favorite yeah. outside the family. Yeah, I would say he's the one with the most, de- the most depth to him. Maybe like Flanders, Skinner, and Mr. Burns like tied with him but i would say mo the yeah. most just like a little bit more than like those three dark humor as well everyone likes that yeah yeah exactly he's so tragic he's so pathetic but you love him you know you root for him in, in all of his in all of his sorrow but yeah there are final tag of the episodes they're at the the wizard of owls physical therapy that just says tedium is the best medicine again i just loved all these little signs throughout the episode you see, a doctor is getting Bart to slowly bring down a weight a hundred times. <laughs> Homer's just bored to death. He says, this is going to be three sessions a week for the next three months. And as soon as it's over, they can get right back into shape in time for baseball season. <laughs> I just felt for Homer so much. He just falls to the floor and just gives the most tragic dough ever. Just dough, dough. <laughs> it's so defeated. I loved it. Yeah, this is a great episode. After you, sir. Yeah. Um, I knew I was gonna like this when it started. Yeah, like it was. It, you you couldn't go wrong. Mm. The the premise of the episode, I liked that it was like a, a spit. A, it was like a take on the sports movies. Yeah. Um, it had me really like rooting for Nelson mm. uh, and Mo. Totally. Um, sorry, phone call. Um, <laughs> so popular. Uh, who was it? My mum. Pizza guy, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I liked that aspect. I liked that the side story was like almost irrelevant. Yeah, it was it just was there for fun and games. But it also was tied into the main story. Yeah, part was was there. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. It's an interesting way to do it. I liked it because yeah, even though the side story was discon, as in like it wasn't the same conflict as the main story it was like you said it was all everything happening in both stories was as a result yeah. of things that they you know yeah it was done really well yeah good point i didn't even think about that um 
I liked all the characters we got to see as well. Totally. It was great. Mm. Um, and just getting more, like, humanity to Mo. Yeah. And especially to Nelson. Totally. Really nice to see. And it's a relationship mm. that, surprisingly, we've never seen before. No. Which makes complete sense. Yeah, you can question it. And I hope they do more of it. Um, 100%. And I really, really enjoyed this. I Thinking 8 or 8.5. Eight. Yeah, okay. yeah, same. Yeah, I gave, I, gave, I gave it an eight. Yeah, uh, pretty similar points to you. Yeah, I just I loved seeing an episode without the family in a lead role. I just, I just, I would encourage if any Simpsons writers are listening. I, I actually have heard them mention on commentaries board that they do listen to the po- Simpsons podcast. Okay, because they, they mentioned it. they listen to Dylan Spassian, wasn't? I would fall to the floor. <laughs> I mean, we weren't even doing this when those commentaries <laughs> came out, <laughs> so I would be a bit confused. <laughs> um, yeah, Al Jean has mentioned he listens to like Four Finger Discount and stuff because he finds it informative just to like hear how fans are reacting to the yeah, episodes. Yeah, you know? people's take on his. Yeah, life. it makes perfect sense. Like, what what great research to have listen to an hour of fans oh, right. who love the show, so you know they're not just going to be like bashing it. You know, uh, but yeah, if, if a writer happens to be listening to this, I would urge you to do more with Nelson and Mo because there's just so much more to explore there, and they're just, they're just such a great duo. Uh, yeah, I just love, and, and and I would urge them to just give more episodes where the family are in the lead role as much as I love all four of them you know have the have it mainly be episodes with homer bart lisa and marriage in the main role but you can do three or four or five a season where it's not them and i i'd be fine with it you know what i mean i, I wouldn't complain Absolutely, yeah. yeah if you do something like this where it's like you have a side story that involves the family that's even better you know and yeah i just love their relationship i thought their objectives were really clear and the way that their conflicting aims clashed i thought it was done very naturally like all Mo wanted to do was win and sometimes that conflicted with Nelson just wanted to be supported by Mo you know I just thought yeah. that was done so well it was just really well, well written as I mentioned the side story was just, it's hilarious and it's really simple you know there is no major conflict it was just there for a laugh we're just laughing at Homer's expense but that was a great way to take us away from the slightly more serious yeah. main story and um, yeah I, I, I just thought the, the the two characters just showed how much more the show can do if you just put two characters together that we've never seen before and just see how they interact with each other you know what I mean there's just so much more you can do there mm-hmm. you know so yeah yeah great episode yeah 8 out of 10 fantastic let's move on to the news Live from London City, it's a very bad but slightly improved impression of Camp Rockman here to let you know it's time for Simpsons News. The special opening for the show's 750th episode will cram 750 characters into the one opening. Jesus Christ. That's going to be fascinating to see how they do that. I guess it's just going to be like, you know... When they're panning through Springfield, it's like it's fit as many people in there as possible into one it frame. Must be that, yeah. yeah. It reminds me of the uh, classic I did last week, um, where everyone in Springfield's like saying bye. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, true. It's like that, and also a scene coming up in Seth's Classics. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so good. And uh, second piece of news is just in their, in their top ten actually is a Den of Geek, which is like one of my favorite sites for. Um, for reviewing Simpsons episodes, just the guy, I don't know his name, but he just has like, same as me, it's like an, an, an encyclopedic knowledge of, of the show, and I, I love seeing his reviews, but he gave out the top 10 episodes from 2010 onwards, I just love seeing these like, episodes that give credit to the later seasons, you know. His number 10 was Brick Like Me, the Lego episode from season 25, mm-hmm. fantastic. Number 9 is Flanders Ladder, which is an episode where Barrett gets struck by lightning and starts seeing dead people. It easily could have been a treehouse of horrors. It was cool mm. that they give that a full episode, season twenty nine. Uh, number eight is Steelers episode, which is an episode where Homer gets sick of the core for pirating the new Star Wars. Great episode, season twenty five. Uh, seven Specs in the City, also season twenty five, which is one where Homer finds out that Marge has been seeing a therapist. Basically, mm. tries to find out why. Very well done episode. More emotional episode. Number six, the book job, which is in season twenty three. It's like a great heist episode where they're basically trying to like Homer and Barrett and a bunch of people are trying to make like a, a successful children's book and they have to like navigate through all these other all these other children's book writers. Neil Gaiman makes a great appearance in it. Great episode. Number five, Barrett versus Itchy and Scratchy, season thirty. This is an interesting one to see in the list. This episode is like the Last Jedi in that people either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. It's in this episode, uh, they change Itchy and Scratchy into like they make like a female reboot of Itchy and Scratchy. And Barrett's outraged about it. And it's basically a commentary on... I haven't on... seen it. 
Yeah, but I heard about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's basically a commentary on that kind of stuff, basically. It, it, I think it's done pretty well in that it shows, like, both sides of the argument really well. But, yeah, that episode definitely divided opinion, so it was cool to see that on the list. Number four, Homerland, season 25. Great episode, obviously a parody of of Homeland. Homer comes home from a work trip and he's acting really differently and is basically Lisa trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Number three, Trust But Clarify, season 28. I honestly wouldn't agree with this one, to be honest. I don't think this episode's great. No. It's written by Harry Shear, who's obviously a major voice actor from the show. It's the first and currently only episode that he's written. And it's just kind of an average episode, in my opinion. It's fine, but I definitely don't think it should be in the top ten. It's about... Um, Ken Brockman starts like giving like really uh, biased news reports and he gets fired because of that and that's like the whole episode which sounds interesting I just I didn't quite like where they went with it personally yeah. number two Angry Dad the movie fantastic easy one of my favorite later season episodes it's you know the episode of Angry Dad I'm sure from yeah yeah where Barry makes a cartoon out of him that, that that old cartoon basically blows up again and the studio makes it into a movie and it starts winning all these awards great cameos throughout that as well it's done really nicely actually you'd love Apparently, this episode of Ricky Gervais is in it as, as himself, and he has like three or four bits where it's just kind of like he basically he basically has a side story in the episode where it's just like him going to all these award shows and like but not getting recognized. And it's just like almost like office like cringy moments. Like that, yeah. I mean, it's done so well, so brilliantly. Uh, you, you can tell he's like riffing a lot of it as well. It's so good. He loves The Simpsons as well. He talks about it a lot on uh, the XFM stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard him mention it quite a bit on. Um, his other podcast, uh, what's it called? Serious, De- De- Deadly Serious. Um, yeah, obviously he got the, he got the rivalry show, and that was like just a dream come true for him. And like, yeah, he says that that's definitely one of the shows that has like informed his comedy. Which I guess it makes sense when you watch like you know, The Simpsons is really funny, but it has a lot of heart, which I think Ricky Gervais' yeah, content does as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. One thing you'd love, I should highly recommend, is the commentary of his episode on the DVD. Mm-hmm. It, it's him and a bunch of the writers. It's so interesting mm-hmm. to hear their they're taking it and stuff he also they show a clip of him doing the song at the table read and all the voice actors just losing it it's <laughs> so enjoyable uh, number one I mean I, I wasn't one bit surprised to say this is Barthood which is season 27 as I mentioned many times this podcast it's a great episode that like shows Bart from toddler to teen to adult it's just done really really beautifully yeah yeah moving on to the Seb's classics I went for um, Bart's Comet Bart's Comet, great, six. great episode. Yeah, so in the... Honestly, a fine wine. Mm. One that I don't remember love when I was a kid, and the more I watch it, Aged the more I like it. Well. Yeah, yeah, it really does. <clears throat> Maybe a bit more mature than um, typical Simpsons. Yeah, it's about, uh, like, well, obviously there's a comet that Bart discovers through his mishaps of Principal Skinner. <laughs> yeah. Who, in this episode, is just getting, like, roasted by everyone. <laughs> Such an unfortunate episode for him. I know, he, he doesn't even get any redemption either. Yeah. It's just so tragic. I love when they're... Uh, Wait, he, he's, he yeah, sorry. He's, he's doing some sort of science fair thing, and Bart's obviously pulling a prank on him. And Bart just goes, Hey, whoop, whoopee, hurrah for science! And Skinner just goes... Hmm, I'm not sure about that with Pete, but I approve the hurrah. <laughs> it's just such a nerdy line. He does get his redemption in the end, though, because the that rock that finally breaks off the comet yeah. hits his like inflatable butt thing. Oh, you're right, I forgot yeah, about yeah. that, but that's basically just Bart <laughs> saving the day again. And I like that it wraps up with Bart getting a piece of the comet. It's so good, it? yeah, it's nicely um, done. But yeah, like, it, it's, yeah, basically Bart discovers through messing with his telescope that there's a comet. Yeah. Well, there's a comet. He didn't know it was coming towards them mm. until he got invited to sit with the geeks. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> I, I love the bit as well where, like, yeah, as, as punishment for putting that, that big balloon that says Big Butt Skinner uh, out of the sky, he has to, like, join Skinner at 4 a.m. Yeah. Because Skinner really wants to find the comet and, and name it after him. And he's, like, being really precise, meticulous about it. And he runs away to go and get the balloon. As that's happening, Barry just messes the telescope and from doing that discovers a comet. It's just <laughs> another unfortunate thing. Yeah, it's so tragic. And um, it ends up like everyone's sort of panicking because the rocket that the science guy builds yeah. um, completely fails, obviously. <laughs> so good, yeah. Um, and everyone's... And it actually hits the bridge, which is... Uh, the only way. the only way out of town. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great little detail. It's just so everyone's screwed. Apart yeah. from Ned Flanders, who has a bomb shelter. Yeah, I love that bit. Cool. It's the family up on the roof, like, accepting their fate. 
And Homer's like, oh, let's, go, let's go to the bomb shelter. Like, do you have a bomb shelter? He's like, yes, I take care of my family. And she's knocking off Flanders. I'm like, let's see Flanders. <laughs> um, and it ends up, well, I love that all of Springfield great. knocks on the door. Yeah, great way you like the like whole ready, town. Like, Moe's got, like, a broken piece of bottle. Like, they're yeah. ready to fuck him up. And they're like, <laughs> we want to come in the bomb shelter. And he's like, well, there's not really much room. And then squeezes like, them all and then in they're, they're just like oh okay and then they all walk off <laughs> like it doesn't, doesn't like yeah so good and then they so all squeeze good. in and then Homer they can't shut the door so Homer convinces everyone that Flanders should be the one to leave he's <laughs> such an asshole <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like literally there's, there's enough room for all of them apart from literally one person and they're like trying to decide like you know who they need like Krusty's like oh well, we'll need me for laughter and Moe's like oh we'll need me the bartend's like well Homer we'll need you for, for power for electricity and he's like uh yeah I, I can do that and I, I love that um he's like saying to Maud like well Maud's like oh well, so don't tragic you to, don't you want to come with you and he's like no no it's, it's okay you can say and she's like okay <laughs> and then he's like to Todd the younger kid I you know I, I, I'm not going mad with fear so I'm not going crazy with fear so he gets him a gun like shoot me if I try to break in <laughs> he just starts crying it's so dark it's and so the whole world doesn't give a shit <laughs> such an asshole see this is what I don't like about the whole in the later seasons Homer becomes an asshole this is season this. 6 yeah, yeah look at this this is season 6 he's telling Flanders to get out he's like he's, he's basically telling him to go die yeah his kids. we don't need any left handed stores yeah <laughs> um, and then later on then he's like oh you guys you guys are all jerks you're the left handers dying in his own we gotta go out there with him I can't believe you especially his kids <laughs> So good, <laughs> so good. Yeah. And it's such a sweet moment. Such a, I, probably one of my favorite moments. Like utilizes the whole town. Oh yeah, that... the case are all. Yeah, so sweet. Yeah, Flanders is singing that song and accepting his his fate. And again, it's a great showcase. Of, like what a good character he is. And the whole town joins in and just accepts their fate with him. They all join hands. Such a sweet moment. It's nice man. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's great redemption for Homer. Is his prediction, which is just so ridiculous and just not scientifically accurate, is exactly what you just said. The comet just crumbles into pieces and turns into a rock before it hits the town. So good. <laughs> and Lisa's just like, oh, so what happened is exactly what Dad said would happen. I know, kids. I'm scared too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fantastic episode. Yeah, um, like you said, yeah, just great utilization of so many characters. I love the Skinner moments and... The whole ensemble with the town is so well. It's a great visual with, uh, with them all trapped in the bunker together. Yeah, it's, it's great. so good, yeah. That would be a good, like, computer background. Yeah, or a poster like or something that. even. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, totally. Yeah, it's a 9 out of 10 for me. It's Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'd give it 9.5. Nice. Yeah, I love this episode. Yeah, it's really, really good. Like I said, it's it's not one that I ever, like... When I was younger, like watching the show on Sky, and so I never saw Bart's comedy. I was like, "Yeah," but the older I get, the more I appreciate it. It is a more mature episode, I think. It's I have, um, all about writing. I have a question for you about this episode. Yeah, who wrote it? John Schwartz wrote it. Yeah. Hey, I knew it. <laughs> Just because I, I, I wouldn't be that meticulous about writers to know them in that great of a detail. But his episodes, he's written most episodes. He's written like I think fifty nine. Oh, okay. And his episodes are always so wacky and like very ensemble driven like they utilize the whole town so yeah that's why I, I had an inkling it was John Schwarzwelder yeah <laughs> there you go nice little uh, you, you, you got me there uh, yeah moving on to all but the first 10 so yeah this is the a segment where I do a top 3 based on a, a certain topic and it's always episodes in the later seasons I'm gonna make an announcement that I'm decided I, I'm I've decided to retire this segment yeah yeah I've I, I came up with an idea for a segment I really want to do but okay. it's a bit too similar to this one so I don't think I could do both of them no you know no, what I mean no. I'm not gonna tell you guys what, what that segment is yet so I'm gonna do one this week and next week's episode will be the last all but the first 10 but uh, yeah so here's the second last one I, I I mean it's probably no surprise I went for the top three Nelson second to last one so this is the second last one yeah okay. Probably no surprise I went for the top three Nelson episodes. Which I think is, again, like I said, it is an area where the later seasons shine. Because in the earlier seasons, he is just a bully. They've done such a good job of just giving more scope to his character and why he's a bully. So number three, I went for Any Given Sundance, season 19. Which isn't a full-fledged Nelson episode. It's actually at least episode where she's, like, uh, trying to get her movie into the Sundance Film Festival. Yeah. But... Her, her movie ends up losing at the end to Nelson's movie and there's a really long sequence showing Nelson's movie it's like five minutes long and it's like Nelson's life from his perspective 
So I'm building this episode in for that scene because that scene is like a major character moment for Nelson. So I did it's so well done. Number two, I went for sleeping with the enemy, which is in season sixteen, which is an episode where Nelson's mom runs away and, and Nelson's dad's already out of the picture, obviously. So, so Nelson moves in with the Simpsons and he starts to really bond with marriage and Bart becomes really jealous of it and. Yeah, this way that that's done is is done so nicely. I think I think it's the first episode to like really give a lot of depth to him as a character, mm-hmm. and we get to we find what happens to his dad and how much he misses him and stuff like that. It's all done really well. And number one, I went for the Ha Ha Couple, season eighteen, which is one where Nelson and Bart become best friends, and we see it all from Bart's perspective naturally, and it's like. He becomes so much more respected around the school because there's everyone's so terrified of Nelson and their relationship is developed really nicely throughout the episode. Yeah. So where would the episode we've just done rank? Like Honestly, I would I would give Top Goon and When Nelson Met Lisa definitely honorable mentions for like great Nelson episodes. I, I, I just didn't want to give them the top three here just because they're ones we reviewed extensively on the podcast already. You know what I mean? But I I'd probably put Top Goon ahead of all of these episodes. Wow. Personally. Okay. When Nelson met Lisa, I'd probably put it. I wouldn't think I would. It wouldn't make my list. What well, top three? Well, I'm, this this list is only for the episodes in the later season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, of that, I don't think it would be near it. Oh, have you seen all these episodes? No, to be fair, I haven't. Oh, okay. But I just didn't think it was great. Top Goon. No, no, um, no. Top Goon definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, when when um, Nelson met Lisa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I, 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 I would say yeah. I would say I, I put these three episodes ahead of Nelson and Lisa, but yeah, top top goon definitely. Those would be the top five Nelson episodes. Yeah, because there's not a lot. We, the, no, we're yeah. giving him more depth. I, I feel like there's there's more Nelson to come, but there isn't a huge amount. I I think the three I just gave and those two are the only episodes where he's like in a major lead role. You know, there's other episodes where it's like something's happening with the school, and we see a lot of Nelson because of that. But those episodes are like just the kind of two-dimensional bully Nelson. You know, mm. these are the only episodes I can think of where it's like we really see like an in-depth side of him. You know, Question so yeah, great well. episodes. Yeah. Um, have you ever written like your own Simpsons episode? I have. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might. We read it on the podcast before when I when I did it with Brendan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For anyone who's interested in listening to that, it's um it's called Happy Birthday Homer, and it's it. The podcast is called a, a very special episode. Reviewed in that one. I've actually been considering now that you mentioned, now that I'm putting it out there, I, guess I just have to do it. I've been considering doing that again. Yeah. So like, with the next time we do the wrap up, we'll also read an episode that I wrote. You know it so well that you can do that. Yeah, yeah, and it's also how a lot of writers actually end up making a career for themselves is writing spec scripts, showing that they know a show, and that ends up getting them work. Yeah. Like Greg Daniels, the guy who created The Office, the, the U.S. Office, and. Parks and Recreation, those are huge shows. The way he made it was he was a huge fan of Seinfeld. He just wrote a bunch of episodes of Seinfeld and sent one in to a show, and that got picked up, and that's what made his career. He went on, cool. Yeah, went on the right for The Simpsons, then created King of the Hill, then created the US Office, and everything after that was just history. Like, yeah. he's one of the biggest writers in Hollywood, I'm sure. But yeah, now that I threw it out there, I guess I have to do it. So I guess stay tuned for my episode. Um, I don't know what it's going to be yet. I, I do have some ideas of like other episodes I, I would like to write. Obviously, you know I'm obsessed with like giving... Uh, textured characters that we don't know anything about so it might be something like that by the way uh, King of the Hill yeah they also really hate Family Guy don't they my judge I I haven't heard anything I I I haven't watched much King of the Hill they don't they don't like Family Guy either that would make sense to me I haven't seen much King of the Hill but I know King of the Hill is like a really ground probably more grounded than The Simpsons everything in King of the Hill can happen in real life that show could could be a live action show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is mental I Um, like the animation style I love the style I think you've got to be in the mood yeah, it's fair. I would say the same guy who made Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Definitely want to watch that eventually. I, I've seen pretty much everything else that my judges and I love my judges writing. But yeah, I haven't seen King of the Hill because it's 12 seasons, so obviously it's a big investment. Course, and yeah. it's coming back. Is it? Like everything Disney owns, it's coming back. It's cool though, what they're doing with it, they're actually aging the characters in real time. Oh, cool. So however long the show's been over for, they're going to be that age now. So I think that could be interesting. So like, obviously Hank Hill will be really old. Cool, yeah. Bobby Hill will be an adult. So. That's a creative way to do it. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back. I, I, I much prefer that. I was just like, oh, we're bringing back a show and it's the same thing as before. I, I, I like just the idea of now it's going to be totally fresh new stories, you know? So yeah, that'd be cool. I, I must try to get to King of the Hill eventually. But yeah, what's next? The questions. Two, I mean, uh, 
fair enough that you ooed because these are two of the weirdest questions we've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first one comes from Ollie Miller, a great comedian friend of mine who yeah. is fellow Aussie. A fellow Aussie, yes, who is very. Um, he said as if we're Australian. Yeah, I, mean, I, said, I said fellow Aussie. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a great Australian, Australian comedian. Guy. Yeah, yeah, lovely Australian uh, comedian from way down under. Hey, he's gonna hate us. <laughs> But yeah, Ollie is a very quirky guy, has a very fun, whimsical style, so of course his questions have to also be whimsical. <laughs> he goes, if you had the ability to hide anything in your hair, like marriage, what would you hide in there and why? That's a great question. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's so out made there. It, like, you made it sound like they were going to be like not even anything to do with The Simpsons, but he made it to do with The Simpsons. He did, he did, yeah, so in, in a very inventive way. It's what would you hide in your hair if you had hair like Marge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, now imagine you having hair like that. Great visual. Uh, Halloween. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll be Homer. Let's see. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'll be Selma. <laughs> I'll be Barrett. I'm sorry. It's a podcast. He's giving me a weird look. <laughs> um, hmm. That's a very good question. It has to be something that you need to hide from people. Like, oh, obviously, my true personality. <laughs> <laughs> my deepest, darkest secrets. I mean, obviously what Marriage was hiding in her hair was money, which I guess was a clever thing to do. I would hide, um... <laughs> I mean, I think about how big her hair is. There's a lot of shit you can hide in there, you know? Yeah. My journals? I think I'd hide, like, my... This is so boring. Like, I know, yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to hide, like, my wallet and stuff. <laughs> it's so boring. That's actually what I would do. But I guess it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to think, like... Uh, strategically about this you have this hair that seems to have this amount of power that you can, you can hold things so you want to put handy things in there like you know someone's having a bag is inconvenient yeah. like you need your bag for your items like but... what, Ollie what do you want do you want me to say fucking dildo <laughs> like, come on <laughs> you want you to say like a child or something you know <laughs> you, you know what he wants <laughs> but let, let, let's talk conveniently here yeah like sometimes you have a bag on you and it's kind of annoying to have a bag you know, oh, you're walking around with your friend, somebody else has a bag. I put my bag in my hair, so I don't have to bother people with it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're walking around with it, so it's a little inconvenient. Because <laughs> you're aware of it. I have my Simpsons DVDs, my vintage collection, so no one gets their paws yeah. on it. <laughs> the uh, Homerhead one. The Homerhead one, yeah, season six, the one that a lot of people That's hate. That's one you want to hide. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't want anyone to know that I have that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like these are underwhelming answers, Sebastian, or Sebastian, uh, Ollie, so I'm, I'm sorry, but yeah. That's the best. Let's go with a child. I feel like that's what he wants to hear. Yeah, I'll go with a dildo. The second question is even weirder. Uh, Key Ketchum, a listener all the way from Canada. Ketchum? Uh, like, I know, like, like Ash Ketchum, uh, yeah. yeah, but okay. uh, her Instagram says Canada. Uh, maybe she's a relation to the fictional character of Ash Ketchum. She says, have you ever had a massage in Spain? What the fuck? <laughs> were you drunk? <laughs> I feel I'm... like it just came up on their feed and they were drunk. My they? prediction is that she was in Spain when she asked this question and she just had an amazing massage. Yeah, or she was having one whilst she was... <laughs> <laughs> Probably not whilst having the massage. I feel like she was... Like, drugged up from, like, relaxation, yeah. pure relaxation. Saw this story and was like, oh, I need to tell these guys to get a massage yeah. in Spain. <laughs> no, I, I, I love Spain. And yeah. I really want to go there. I've only been to the Canary Islands. Yeah, I would have been to Tenerife. I, I love Spain and I really want to go properly to, like, mm. Madrid and stuff. And Barcelona. I'm going to Madrid, yeah. Um, go to the Warner Brothers theme park. There you go. I'm a theme park guy, yeah. That'd um, be great. I like their culture. Mm. And, like... Their women. You, you know, when I was... This is like nothing to do with the question, but when, yeah. I, when I was in Italy, because Italy and Spain have very similar like culture. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, siestas and stuff. Yeah, of um, course. But the days really do feel longer there. Like you feel yeah. like I felt like in Italy that I'd done so much in a day. Yeah, it yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Mm. I was like, what the hell? And then when I'm here, I'm like, the days go by so quick. I know. Um, I do think I'm, I'm. I'm not like saying that you're wrong to think that, but I, I do think a part of that is your days just do you just feel long when you're on holidays anyway? Because you're not doing like, anything particularly important. You're just like no, and you're just enjoying yourself. Yeah. Whereas when you have a day where you're like you're going to work, and you're doing things before work, and you know all these like adult yeah. responsibilities, your day is just wiped from you. You know. But yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but the answer to your I question mean, is no. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Have you ever had a massage? Like, as in a professional massage? Not a professional one. No, no. I would either. love to. I need one. Yeah, I, 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 I need a tie. I need a 
time at all. Yeah, so I, think. I think I do want to. Apparently, they must be great in Spain. I, I, she, she must have been drugged up on happiness when she asked this question. I'm, I'm sure they're great in Spain. Maybe. I, mean, I have a question for you, Key. <laughs> Did you get a happy ending? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, it sounds. Uh, the tone of this question sounds like she was very happy, so I'm, I'm not making any assumptions here, but you know what yeah, I mean? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the answer is no, I've never had a massage. <laughs> I, I was only in Spain once and I was like 12, so it'd be pretty weird if I had a massage in Spain. I actually had a terrible experience in Tenerife, so I really want to go back again and like... I know it was just a bad holiday, it wasn't anything against Spain, but it was a bad experience. So basically I went with my an old buddy of mine and his mom and my own mom, and they did not get along, so that like... As in the moms didn't get along, yeah. they, they only went for us because we were so close. So that like caused a lot of tension. And then also, the sun cream my mom bought was out of date. Right. So both of us got sunstroke. Dude. I didn't know it just didn't work because it was out of date. Apparently so. I don't know. It, it had expired. Maybe we didn't put enough on with our fucking white, pasty Irish skin. Yeah. But, dude, sunstroke? Worst things I ever got. Basically, you're sunburned, so that already hurts, and you're throwing up and you have diarrhea. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that. Oh, you definitely have it. I mean, you'd know you had it if you had yeah. it, you know what I mean? It is bad. Because imagine you're lying in bed, every move you make is just pure agony because your whole body is burnt, and then also you need to fucking run to go to the toilet because the bomb is about to come out, but you can't make it on time because it's sore to run. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, worst things I've ever had in my life. So, point being, was not the fault of Spain I had a bad Jesus. holiday. It was just very unfortunate circumstances, yeah. Bad, bad time. But uh, yeah, so let's wrap it up with the recommendation. We'll do the old... Uh, the old switcheroo, the old rocky, rocky, old, sizzy, yeah. sizzies. Let's go for it. Rock, paper, scissors. Ah, rock, paper, scissors. Yes, hey! Hooray victory. Come on. Congratulations. I was actually rooting for you today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I win so often. Um, I wish that was true. <laughs> Just rock, paper, scissors. Oh, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> Not in life. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't agree with me. You're yeah, supposed no, to be like, you're great. <laughs> um, yeah, my recommendation this week is um, The Bear. The uh, Bear. Disney, Disney Plus show. I know I've heard of it. Well, Star, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're more adult section. I know I've heard of it. Tell me about it. So it's a show about um, this chef who's um basically takes over his uh uncle's old restaurant when he didn't really have to because his brother did yeah no i had heard of this um but he's actually like an acclaimed chef Mm. he he was like he could have been the next big thing you know he had awards like but he instead decided to fix this restaurant right and sounds like a cup of tea yeah it's it's great Mm. like you can't beat a show about food (laughs) yeah it's incredible, man. Like, yeah, I, it, I've only heard. I've only heard from a handful of people who have watched it. From the people I've heard about it, it sounds like it's like going to be like the next big drama. I think you'd love it. Yeah, you'd yeah, love let's it. Get to it. And it's one of them, like um, films that the Safdie brothers make. Ah, Similar kind of vibe, okay. where like you cannot not be completely fixated on yeah. the show. You can't take your eyes it's off. So it. stressful, right? So oh, I love that shit, on. man. Like it's like you can tell. They made it with the TikTok generation at mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You literally keep their attention on it. There's Mm. always like a soundtrack in the background that comes in and out. Nice. And it's like it's just perfectly put together. Like Mm. the episodes. um, Nice. Incredible acting. Really fucking stressful moments that you feel. Cool. Um, And it's it's brutal as Mm. well. It's really really brutal, and it it shows you what it can be like and how stressed this guy is nice. trying to fix this restaurant and yeah, yeah I'd thoroughly thoroughly recommend it to you to, to be me. honest to yeah, me this to recommendation me. is just for me yeah. <laughs> obviously for everybody I else. recommend it to everyone but yeah. especially you you think I would, I would like it, it. Yeah. yeah it sounds like my cup of tea for sure I mean I, I love it's a good hard-hitting drama like you said one just fucking takes you away so it sounds like my cup of tea is there just one season right just one yeah, yeah. I saw on IMDB Bob Odenkirk is going to be in the second season Ooh, yeah. nice, nice. So, does he make sense? Do you think he could, like, shape it up in an interesting way? Well, I haven't finished it yet. Oh, okay, so okay. I'm not sure, yeah. I mean, I love Bob Odenkirk, so just Maybe knowing... it's going to be, uh, going to, the restaurant's going to close and they're going to open a Cinnabon. <laughs> oh, my God, imagine. <laughs> He's laying solid. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Um... I mean, I, I love Bob Odenkirk, so just knowing that he's going to be in the show was enough to get me to watch that for a season, you know? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've only heard from a handful of people that anyone who has seen it, like you, has just been nothing but praise for it. So, yeah, let's get to it. My first recommendation is How to Write Everything. It's a book I'm currently reading by David Quantic. A, again, another writing tangent here. It's a great book for anyone, any aspiring writers. He's a British writer, and he has the right, as in R-I-G-H-T, to bring out a book about how to write everything because he's written practically every genre, so many different styles. He's written for magazines, he's written stand-up, he's written TV shows, movies, books, children's books. Like, he's done so many right, different okay. things. So they're all chapters. So for, pe- for people like me, and I'm sure the people listening feel the same ways, I have very varied interests. Like, I, I'm interested in all yeah. the things that he's interested in. So a book like this is perfect. You just, like, get tips on writing in all these different genres and different styles, you know? And he's humorous about it too. He's a good sense of humor, a good way. Like he's never as pretentious about it. You know, it's very lighthearted, but it's also some really hard hitting, great advice in it. It's mm-hmm. definitely a book you want to like have a highlighter for to remember some of those quotes. Because yeah, just a fantastic. It's book. nice when when like it's hard to sometimes connect with those writing uh, books, yeah, and stuff. But definitely, it's nice when you like have with a, a creative like you have the same sort of like connection. With yeah, like, kind of a similar mindset. Definitely, like, it, it sort of reminds me. Um, I don't know have any more recommendations, but it reminds okay. me of uh, when I was I was listening to what I recommended last week, which is the Danny Brown podcast. Mm. Um, there's a really good rapper called Maxo who was on the podcast, and he's like thirty. Okay. Um, and he was talking about how because his music it's so weird because it's like it sounds modern, but it also sounds old school. Nice. So I've got a bit of both. Yeah, I get you. And I love that because mm. I like the old school rap but I like some of the new weirder stuff coming out. Yeah. And he's got a bit of both. And he was saying in the podcast, like how he doesn't feel like he connects to his generation or the generation before him. He feels like he's at this like weird in between. Oh, wow. And that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I hear and I'm not you. one of these born in the wrong generation types or I wish I was born in this era. It's just kind of feeling like a bit of an outcast. But like, I yeah. certainly feel like I'm not Gen Z or millennial. Like, yeah. I don't feel connected to either. I know what you so mean. It's kind of nice to hear somebody else it's the same yeah sorry yeah. to interrupt no you're fine talking. yeah yeah I totally get that it's probably, it kind of you know because you, your music knowledge I would have a similar area of knowledge for stand-up comedians I kind of feel that way about John Mulaney as a stand-up because mm. there's something about his style that's very old-fashioned but then he talks about very modern things yeah, in a very definitely. unique way that he's almost like he's not quite the old-fashioned comedians you see in like the 70s but he's also not like you know the the really mainstream comedians nowadays no that like are doing contemporary stand-up you know he's some weird in between yeah you know, sure. cause he, he, he kind of talks like someone in like a 1940s yeah the way he talks like this he kind of talks like someone like in, in 1940s like a movie. yeah exactly yeah. but then he talks about really modern stuff in a really fantastic way that like he is sort of like what you just said that like, kind of weird in between of like he's like almost bang in the middle of like old school stand-up and new stand-up yeah but yeah no that's all I have to say it's a great book for anyone, anyone who's interested in writing and especially like varied writing, I highly recommend. Like he, he goes in depth into film writing, TV writing, comedy writing, stand up, uh, plays, radio. So it's all there. It's a great read. And yeah, my final recommendation then uh, that you will love is I would probably more so say if you watch this movie as a kid and you want to rewatch, I would recommend you rewatch it. If you've never seen it, probably seeing it for the first time as an adult won't work. But the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, amazing! amazing <laughs> what an amazing film! Yes, I watched it at a staff screening on Saturday night, and I was just—it holds up like fine, like fine wine again. Like all, it is... all bubble blowing babies will be beaten senseless by every deadbeat in the bar. <laughs> it's such a good movie, man. There's so many good quotes, so much great weird moments. One of my favorite bits is when. Mr. Krabs is frozen. SpongeBob and Patrick like, yeah, "Don't worry, Mr. Krabs, we'll save you." And he looks at him just like the disgusting face forward look at them both just drooling. They both look so pathetic. You know, my favorite character in the whole film is uh, the Neptune. The my eyes. <laughs> yeah, every time he takes off his crown, <laughs> he's bawling. So secure. Bald, bald. No wonder our generation has so much bald. like, so much like worries about male pattern of baldness. <laughs> Yeah, it all came from that. Yeah, but seriously, I remember seeing this movie as a kid in an old cinema in Tralee that's now torn down with my mom and her ex-boyfriend. I remember loving it then. And I, I see it since then on video and stuff like that, but I hadn't seen it in years, well over a decade at least. 
and it holds up so much. It's so funny. It's so it's so such a perfect in between of like it's perfect for kids and adults. There's, I've been saying this for the longest time. Yeah, I know, I know, and I and I knew that. So I yeah. hadn't seen it in so long that I'm just getting such a fresh reminder of it. It's just so goddamn funny. What a weird movie, but like in the best way. You just yeah. tell. They got to make exactly what exactly they wanted what they to wanted. make. Yeah, it's and so it's, creative. It's so out there. That ending is filled with so many days ex machinas, but you don't care. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking David Hasselhoff. Like, where did they come up with that? It's like all the real life stuff as well. It's it's so strange, but it's so but cool. But it's fantastic, yeah. yeah. And they do meld the animation with uh, live action so well, which I always love seeing in, in like, like Who Fanny Roger Rabbit and stuff like that. It's just so weird. Then you think he's going to swim them back to Bikini Bottom, but he's actually a motorboat. It's all yeah. just so strange. Actually, yeah. the best way. Really funny, actually. This is kind of a recommendation. Yeah. Um, do you know what inspired Stephen Hillenburg to write Spongebob? No, I don't. Have you ever heard of the band uh, Ween? Oh, the people who sing Ocean Man. Yeah, yeah of yeah, course. Ocean yeah, Man. that thing's over it's, the it's, credits. Yeah, Ocean Man. Yeah. The album the, is called The Mollusk. Right. They are an incredibly strange band, right? Yeah. They just took loads of drugs and made the weirdest music possible. So mm-hmm. that was just a concept album about the ocean. Right. Really strange. That's like the only song on the album that's like a banger that you could listen to. Oh, right. Um, but that album inspired him. Oh, wow. So they're an old band then. 90s, yeah. Right, yeah. right, yeah. That's fascinating. Cause I, knew, I knew he was a marine biologist. So it was like... That's fascinating. He's a marine biologist listening to an album about the ocean, and that obviously the quirky, weird style of that album inspired yeah. him to make SpongeBob. It kind of all makes sense. It's kind, of, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of beautiful, kind of touching because that then over the credits you get that song. I love the ending as well, where like he gets promoted to manager in Squidward's life, but maybe you didn't need to be manager. Maybe it's all about you know just who you were all along, and SpongeBob's just like. What? No, I was just going to tell you, your fly is down. Man, it's the best day of my life. I just love that quote because Squidward doesn't wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. But yeah, it's so touching that then like that song plays over the credits. It was almost like a tribute, like a, like a thank you to Ween. Goofy Goober Rock. That's so well. good, yeah. So many great songs. Now, now that we're men, it's just genuinely a great number. It's such a great movie. For anyone who loves SpongeBob as a kid... Who remembers that movie? Go on the Netflix and rewatch it. It's just a good time. This reminds you that it's okay to be a child, you know, and just laugh at the silliest, yeah. goofiest shit, and just be whimsical and just to have fun, you but know. SpongeBob in general, like when you go yeah. to them early seasons, it's there is nothing like. First three seasons are it's golden, incredible. yeah. And obviously, I'm preaching to the converted here. Sponge, or I have to call you SpongeBob. Sebastian has a, a Doodle Bob tattoo. Yeah, I do. Which yeah. we actually watched before. Nice. The, yeah, before the screening, so that was fun. We also took a couple of episodes. That was one that stood out to me. Like, what a great episode! Yeah. <laughs> what was your favorite? We what only watched. Watch? We only watched three. We watched Welcome oh. to the Chum Bucket, Frank and Doodle, and Band Geeks. I think I'd go for Frank and Doodle. Really? Of those three, yeah. Band Geeks. Oh, great. great! Yeah, Band yeah. <laughs> Geeks is fantastic. Yeah, so good. Just SpongeBob in general is my recommendation of the week. Just a wonderful <laughs> yeah, show. Sure. It has that Simpsons connection. I think people who like the Simpsons like early spongebob you know it has that great like it's for adults and kids thing going on you know yeah for sure i think that wraps it up yeah guys thank you always as listen thank you guys as always for listening <laughs> about to have a stroke me and sebastian are going to go get a massage in spain yeah <laughs> see you all soon <laughs> sign on bye <laughs>